Welcome to this week's episode of Innovator Speaks. I'm your host, Darshan Veshetti. Our guest today is Shikha Pandey. Shikha is the founder of Purna Yoga, a platform through which Shikha intends to make yoga accessible to all. She is the co-founder of Beck Friends, a traveler-powered delivery marketplace where unused baggage space is leveraged for carrying verified packages to their destination. Beckfriends has been covered by various national and local news media. Shikha is also the chief business strategist at Gemini New Media Ventures, a co-working space based in Mumbai. Earlier to this, she worked for brands such as Airtel and Hindustan Unilever. Shikha, thank you for agreeing to be interviewed for this podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much, Darshan, and it's so lovely to be a part of the podcast. Thank you for taking so much of time to walk through my profile, and uh, it's it's a true honor to be here. Absolutely, awesome! It's my privilege. Well, so to start off, tell us your story. What was that transition like from a corporate world to entrepreneurship? Wow. Okay, that's been a long while ago, and uh, you know that's the best part about. Uh, when you get to talk again, we just sort of relive that whole thing again and again. And it, it's just so beautiful. So um, like I said, I worked with, I started my career in a, a PR agency back years ago. And uh, it was um, there that it was a small time PR agency. And that enabled me to really be able to handle clients from uh, different sectors altogether, large corporates. And because we were a smaller team, I did manage to get very hands-on experience. But uh, that was there that I realized that maybe I wanted to be on the other side and I wanted to be on the client side handling brands and being part of brand building. And that was something that I was very, very passionate about. So I moved into HUL and uh, I was working on on launching the brand Pond's Age Miracle in India. And it was very, very exciting. Um, I'm extremely passionate about skincare. It was a huge brand. It's a great company to work with, fantastic team. And I worked there building the brand, launching it. And uh, it was from there that I got an opportunity into Airtel. So Airtel offered me a more of a communication-driven kind of a role. So I could look at brand communication and strategizing on how the brand would look. And luckily, before I began my entrepreneurial journey, I was part of the team that was responsible for the entire shift in the logo of Airtel. And a lot of us would remember, overnight, the logo changed, the quality room changed, the entire brand imagery changed. We became more youth-oriented brand. So I was part of the entire transition. And... Um, and from there is then when the entrepreneurial journey began. It was never planned. So I am not one of those people who planned that I would become an entrepreneur. It was never on the cards. I don't come from a family background of entrepreneurs also. Um, it was during my uh, time at Airtel that I met my husband, Deep, and uh, we started really talking about, he was very passionate about startups. I was very passionate about brand building and, you know, kickstarting new things and taking up new challenges to build a brand from scratch. And we always thought that we should do something together. Uh, but I still wasn't very convinced that I had what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Uh, he saw that and he said that we should start something together. And we did that once we got married. We started with our venture, uh, which is GNM, VGM, New Media Ventures. That's our first venture together. 
and um, it started as a place where we could uh, where we would guide startups because we come in through an experience of building brands from my side and uh, deep was the first guy on board for google india so he had that experience of really setting up large companies from the scratch in in a particular geography so we combined that expertise and we started meeting up with startups talking to them understanding and we really wanted to know what's this scene like before we really got deeper and started something you know on our own in terms of a product or a service led venture so we started with that and while we got speaking to the startups we realized that um there is an whole dearth of space as well so companies who are looking to start off were really struggling with even finding a space to start their offices from and along with the space they needed infrastructure in terms of guidance also so that they could reach out in a more structured manner to raise funding to make their b plans to make their marketing plans to figure out how would they approach the market how would they build their brand from scratch what is the brand value what is the company stand for and we started to offer these to the startups along with a space that we had and that's when the co-working started it was way back in uh, 2013-14 when we really launched the co-working full fledged before that we were consulting and the startups on various fronts it was a very very nascent stage people weren't so familiar with um, co-working and they would come and ask us how can i share my office space you know those are the kind of questions that we really got today it's very different today everyone's talking about co-working so we see this venture really as an investment that we did in the future it took a lot of demystifying the whole market for us there were larger players right regis regis of course uh, but they were expensive and uh, they were more of corporate types at international levels we were offering spaces to startups we were offering spaces to people looking at one or two seats at that point Today, of course, it's grown on to becoming a hybrid model, wherein we not just offer single seats, but we offer cabins, smaller offices, larger office spaces that are furnished, serviced completely. So the whole game, of course, has changed and evolved over a period of time. Uh, so in between here, uh, our first, so after Gemini New Media Ventures, we started something called as Gemini as well, and that's the venture that I had to shut down. And and I love to talk about it because you know so many of us just touch upon our successes all the time, but we don't talk about our failures enough. And I think we learn more from our failures than we do from our success because success is like a wheel that's turning, and we're just moving through it. Failures give us the time to really sit back and see what we can improvise. So, Jemmy Deals was a portal that would aggregate the real estate availability inventory in a particular place, and then get a bunch of buyers. It wasn't a group buying of real estate. Get a bunch of buyers together, negotiate the deal with the owner of the place, the builder, and then get uh, the rates lowered and offer a very, very lucrative, attractive rate to the end user. we thought that the market is very very um unorganized and this was a place that we need to be in to organize this disorganized market um of course it didn't go to the level that we could we did sort of break even at one point but we realized that it wasn't something that uh we wanted we could put in more energy into because it is a huge market and if you see there are uh agents at every place and to really bring it together there was a lot of 
intervention at a very different level which was required and uh, so eventually we had to take a call to you know pause jemmy deals and take a step back from there of course it was painful of course that's not wasn't on the plan or ever we never started venture thinking that we're going to shut it off but sometimes that's the wisest thing to do because you realize that you're spending more energy into doing the smaller things than really being able to grow it to the level that it needs to jemmy deals taught um please me the lesson that you know sometimes it's good to take a step back and reevaluate and not get too over carried away by feeling that you know you can change the world in one go it it's a lot of factors external factors as well that that needs to come and play when you're you know starting a venture you're running a venture through suppose chemi deals uh, um, of course the co-working was picking up there were startups coming in and that's when uh, we met our other two co-founders at that point um two young guys from bitspilani who were into technology now between deep and me we we take care of most of the other stuff but technology is something that we really wanted to if we ever started a venture to be in house and uh, to be making sure that the founder the co-founders had that background so that it stayed within the core team so we found our two other co-founders who were into the hardcore tech and we got together and before that we got thinking that shipping is so expensive um and this happened that our niece was here uh, from london and uh, while going back she had she had got a teddy bear with her and when she left she forgot the teddy bear at home and uh, we then wanted to ship it back to her because she wouldn't sleep without the teddy bear and that's when we realized that the cost of shipping was three times the cost of this tiny teddy bear and uh, that really got us thinking that there's got to be a better way of shipping things across the globe the world has become a smaller space we're still struggling with something as basic shipping at such a high cost then we started thinking and then uh, we realized that uh, we always carry things for people when we were traveling back so we would travel to places and we would carry things from london or anywhere else in the globe that we traveled to for our friends back home this was a great opportunity and we realized that we should probably build that into a business plan and we started to get working on it of course it needed a tech platform to be able to have that kind of reach and accessibility and so back friends um, came into being starting as a peer to peer model wherein uh, people traveling from one place to another could let go of their luggage space and we would have these verified packages that could be carried around on that particular route and so that's how the journey of back friends started of course covid hit in the last two years and during that time and before that as well we were thinking of really amplifying it by coming in contact with the airlines and uh, having the wow, entire that's a <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting story actually you know people have these sit down sessions and breakthroughs and but we always wanted to do something that would solve a problem you know um that there has to be a solution to a problem in what we are offering to and to people using it at the end so that happened and uh, then breakfast today is uh, you know is a copyrighted product and uh, we have a saas product in place which integrates with the back end of the airlines and you get to let go of your luggage space right at the time of 
uh, booking your tickets. So that integration is in place, uh, is happening now as the next steps to amplify really the reach of the product. So um, that's where we are at Backlands. And while all of this was happening and the movement was going through, we're building the teams and, you know, uh, there comes a time in your life where you start to, you know, relook at your own self. You call it age or you call it, uh, you know, just a transition that happens over a period of time. And uh, I've been practicing yoga for quite some time, several years now. And it, I always found it to be my place to come back every time I wanted to relook at things. And uh, what I practice is a holistic yoga. During the COVID times, I realized that maybe it was time to give back because everyone around the world was struggling. Things were getting challenging. The way of life was challenged for all of us. Our social norms of the living was changed completely and people didn't know what to do. We were stuck between the four walls of the house. And um, I realized that maybe it was time to look at my purpose differently on this earth and maybe bring what I had to offer as service to not just myself, but to the shared humanity. Because for the first time, everyone across the globe suffered from the same thing. We all could relate to each other's pain, whether it was a developed nation, a third world country, the rich, the poor, we all struggled. We were for once experiencing shared humanity. And I thought that it was a time that I should, which I had been planning for a while, really take this forward. And hence, Pornio was launched. It comes from a place of service. It comes from a place of uh, really giving back to the world as I grow myself. And so that's really is the journey. So if you see that it's slightly different from the you know entrepreneurs who really are there and they have always had a dream of becoming an entrepreneur in my case that wasn't that and so i always call myself a converted entrepreneur i'm very glad or deep to have recognized that and you know the path has been of course interestingly and immensely enriching so far that's awesome that's uh, a lot to unpack from what you mentioned i was starting all the way from uh, Gemini New Media Ventures. Uh, it's it's really yeah. cool because, um, as you mentioned, uh, the failures is least talk of, uh, talked upon. And uh, I thank yeah. you for the courage to talk about that. Uh, and also, you know, moving on from that and the story of your niece having to send her a toy mm-hmm. back. That that's that's yeah. that. Those are the you know crux of what starts entrepreneurs onto the journey. It's like that uh, burning desire to do something about a problem that exists. Um, But in starting Back Friends or Purna Yoga, and through this journey, uh, what are some of the challenges you faced? Um, Yeah, so many, you know, um, and uh, there are some challenges that all of us face because, uh, and those are, you know, challenges of uh, getting the right team members and uh, deciding on how you would grow and uh, how you want to spend your funds and things like that. But I think the largest challenge that I felt uh, when I started to become an entrepreneur was to get up with the same enthusiasm every single day. And um, that really was a challenge because every day is not the same. There are days when you feel failure. There are days 
which are which you don't feel as enthusiastic and it's a reality for all of us you know some days it just you just don't feel up to doing it um, because you're human that's a part of being human but even in those days to be driven and to be getting up and doing what you need to do i think that's where the discipline comes so having the discipline is something that a lot of us to find challenging and um, i think that's something that even i found challenging especially during the first couple of ventures so that's to be able to do that again and again and uh, to have the hope and faith that it's going it's going to lead to something because you know you're a new entrepreneur at that point of time over a period of time of course you become a little more seasoned and you know you know the shortcuts to do things better and more effectively rather than shortcut more effectively but initially yeah that that's something which is a challenge also when you're working in a corporate there is a review mechanism which is in place so there's someone who is reviewing but when you're doing something on your own you have to review your own self and in that time for a lot of us self criticism can really creep in and we don't even realize that that negative self talk can really seep in and that really can lead you to isolate yourself and that's something that is again another challenge that i really felt and i'm talking about the softer issues because i think there is so much more that's already been spoken about you know the other challenges um but we cannot isolate these things because these things really you know um, set you in the mood to do stuff and it reflects in everything that you do so to know that we all face it is something that i really want to put out there you know so you need we need to be i have to be careful about what am i saying to myself how am i reviewing myself even if i have those targets set and i need to achieve something i need to be get going with this can i still have the courage to say that you know i cannot possibly do everything and i need to be able to delegate and delegation is again something that i found uh, challenging personally i have always try to work hard on delegation and that's because because it's your venture because it's your vision because you have a certain idea about it you think that's the only way to do it that's the right way to do it and when somebody you get someone else to do it and they have a slightly different way of doing it you might feel that oh you know no i might as well do it myself and in that time we end up burning ourselves out because we cannot do everything so i think that's another thing that i i i felt as a challenge um so yeah so i think to have a constructive feedback mechanism is very important to keep having the growth mindset is very important and to have discipline on days when you lack enthusiasm is very important. you know i totally relate to that because uh, as an industrial designer when you're uh, learning the ropes of the craft uh, when you have ideas that you want to let out you are always uh, under the criticism of not just uh, yourself but also on the outside and that uh, professional discipline of having a skill of uh, what is useful to you what to take in and how to build upon that is very important and not to have that negative feedback uh, build upon so yeah. i totally agree to that and that discipline is very very important to get to the next stage to have that uh, rational mindset where you disassociate with your personal ego and to get yeah. ahead with that uh, very uh, useful wisdom there so you mentioned back friends uh, you started uh, based on the story of how one of your niece uh, missed yeah. out on carrying her toy uh, yeah. tell me about uh, 
like the origin of it i know that your husband supported you through the journey yeah. who were uh, all the uh, you know uh, people behind it how did it all work out what's the story yeah. behind okay so yeah so back friends then we had the idea and of course deep and i um, were co-founders we then got our tech co-founders as well my youngest on board and uh, so we were wanted to really have a strong tech base and we wanted like i said tech to be in house and uh, we started to build the technology now uh, initially of course it's difficult to go up to every single traveler and approach them we did of course uh, a lot of um, things on the social media we we had facebook page facebook groups where people got talking uh, but one thing that really worked out for us and that's the wisdom that i got from uh, from my corporate career is that pr works and uh, not as um, as more than in fact uh, marketing where you are talking things about yourself we are really can change the game and you mentioned that when you were introducing me that we got covered and featured by a lot of um, a lot of um, uh, international and national um, main lines and magazines etc so we got a huge pr uh, because of uh, the kind of concept that we were bringing in of course uh, the pr some of them the also questioned as to how does this work and i think that really helped us a lot the question that came in from people uh, that how would this work and then getting them to try it and uh, a lot of journalists also using our platform and experiencing it how it went through we the thing that really worked for us is that we never shied away from answering the questions we never felt that um we were being questioned because they didn't believe in us we looked at them as punching holes into our theory so that we could tighten it a little more and we could set the process in place so you know i'm really really glad to all the people who wrote about us and came to us and wanted to write about us wanted to know more questioned us um, i think it all worked very well for us because it helped us to look at every possible loophole in the business and tighten it there so that really worked very well i think and uh, more than that we got a bunch of people who used our platform again and again and such kind of loyalty towards a brand um, it just overwhelmed me at sometimes to see that they were going all out to support a new venture because they saw potential they said that they've been struggling to ship things so you know there was this something that filled in a need which was there we tied up with a lot of these smaller merchants um who were out there who wanted to women who were working from their homes making a beautiful outfits making jewelry fitting from home we tied up with all of them we helped them to reach out to their international customers we able to ship their products at rates that they have never heard about before and they were able to do that they were able to reach out so i think we got a lot of support from the community that way and it it it's something that i'm really truly forever grateful for so yeah so that that's something that helped and the platform was fairly simple uh you just had to put in a request and you could have the entire transition on the platform wherein you would see that there's a traveler you could connect you could chat to the travelers so there was a lot of transparency in the entire process as well and we were always there to you know support the entire thing so that is something that is how the product transitioned and then we built the saas product which integrates with the airline so that's taking it to the next level wherein we ride on the customer base of the airline offering them an 
opportunity to maybe earn cashbacks or even earn points on and bring loyalty for the airline. We see this as really growing up into one of the major ancillary revenue streams for all of the airlines, and that's so necessary right now with what the airlines have gone through in the last couple of years. It's been challenging for them as well. And this product just fits into um, the whole gamut of building up their revenues in the days to come. I hope I've been able to answer what you were looking at. I missed oh, on something. Definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice to know that you did uh, essentially what in my profession is uh, user-centered design. You try to yeah. figure out if people are willing to uh, do such a thing, especially yeah. common people. And if they're willing to do, who is your like ideal customer? And that that's really cool. And you went behind them and you uh, found out how to do that and how you tied up with the airlines directly. That that's Those are those uh, brand building stuff that really resonate with uh, design. So how, how did your... How did you and your team go about the design process of building the the website? Or because I've seen your website, it's very clean and it's very simple to understand. How did you go about doing that? Uh, um, thank you so much for you know bringing out those two things that were the only brief that was given by uh, us to, of course, our other co-founders uh, was that it should be clean and it should be simple. You know, um, I've always, and um, I and we both had a chance to work with ClearTrip in our initial days, and we still love their uh, website. It's one of the cleanest websites. So clear, so easy, and it's called ClearTrip. Uh, so, you know, I used to really admire, and I always thought that if I was to build a website, I'd keep it that sleek. You know, and so I didn't want too many things. I wanted it to be just absolutely clear. So that even if a person who just about knows computers doesn't have to move through a very complex process. So that was really the thing. And then from there, we we had, of course, this whole journey of a person mapped. So if you see the website is really divided into two parts. We have a section for the traveler. So for a traveler, you need to be able to put in your dates, your details, and your travel plans, um, and then you should be able to see packages that are available with all the possible details. And then you should be able to pick and choose those packages, whichever one you can carry. And then from there, you know, you can connect to um, the person who is there and agree to the rate, et cetera, and then move through that. So you're able to then chat. Then you, at every step, you say that I boarded the flight, the notification that comes in. Again, then you've landed. And then the last mile is decided whether you would hand deliver it or whether we would have a logistics partner, local logistics partner coming and picking up that for you. So we had a tie-up with FedEx for most of the national and international last mile and first mile pickups. So that was for the traveler. For the user, they needed to be able to put in from where to where they want to ship the package and then be able to see travelers who are traveling at different dates on their routes and be able to see how much space does the traveler have and then connect on that basis. And then again, agree to the rate there. And then both of them would merge together and start talking to each other, which is the same for the traveler and the and they would get notification on when the travelers landed, if there is any kind of extra duties, et cetera, that they need to pay depending on the nature of their product. And then from there, you know, um, figure out that the last mile is happening through the travel traveler or through the logistics partner. And that's how it would go about. We wanted to be in a way that people don't find it to be too complex. There had to be that human element to it because this is not 
logistics. This is travel powering logistics, and uh, you know it had to have that human feel to it, which it did um, because of the entire interaction possible. We wanted to keep it transparent. Uh, we wanted to keep it fairly simple and approachable, and to be accessible for everyone who's using that. Awesome. I I really like that. Uh, it's transparent between the traveler and the user. Um, yeah, and there is no in between deals or anything, so they know clearly what they're getting out of the relationship. Um, yeah, that's really cool. So, uh, after all this, uh, in last last year, two years ago, you started Purnayog, and they're right yeah. in the middle of the pandemic. So you mentioned more about giving back and the service, mm -hmm. uh, and to make uh, not just yoga but that holistic uh, aspect yeah. of uh, mindfulness, meditation, and everything. But why what was that uh, you know instigation well um i think for years together every most of us have identified ourselves as um, as the roles um, the relationships that we are into the roles that we play uh, or as the designations that we hold and they become so integral to our identity that if we take that away at any point, we feel that we have lost ourselves. And in that process of sticking to what is being, what we have been labeled as, we have lost connection to our own selves somewhere. And that's something that I personally felt. And that's why I moved on this path. And uh, during the COVID times, uh, a lot of us changed our way of living. We were, we were forced to live in those four walls. We came face to face with our vulnerabilities. We were not able to go out, meet people, and we had to spend so much of time with our own self. And that was very scary for a lot of people because we're not used to it. Every time we would go to work, we would meet other people, we would be busy in the day, we would go out during the weekend, spend time. But this time we were there inside and we were struggling. A lot of us were struggling. And in those times, I thought it just made sense to bring this out and let people know that it's okay to feel these things. They are a part of being human and there is a way out of it. Uh, there is a hope for each one of us. Yes, we have lived our lives a certain way, but we can change. And, um, and the way to do that is we look at ourselves as holistic beings. We are not just what we do at work. We are not just what we do at home. There is an emotional aspect to our being. There is a mental aspect to our being. There is a spiritual aspect to our being. And that's not, not talking about religion. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about um, belief in our own self. And these things need to be nurtured. And when we nurture them, they automatically amplify and reflect into everything that we do, whether it is our work, whether it is our relationships, whether it is how we deal with everyone around us. And it really is as simple as that or as complex as that, if we might say, because we've been disconnected. And I just thought it was my calling to um, live through this and offer this to others around me. That's really beautiful. It's definitely needed, especially during the pandemic, as you rightly told, everyone's uh, plans were thrown in the spanner. Uh, they all had to figure out what they're going to do next. And trying to find yourself way out through that is quite stressful. Um, I totally relate to that. So, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Gemini New Media Ventures? I understand it's a co-working space, and you yes. uh, have a lot of uh, spaces for the startups to go ahead and set up their uh, workspace in Mumbai. 
Yeah. How did you come about that? So GNM spaces, like um, I said, Gemini New Media Ventures, uh, we realized that uh, there weren't many uh, places that offered an ecosystem to startups at that point of time. So they were either operating out of garage, which has for the culture, but more than that, in India, so as to say, they were operating out of these small offices and spending a lot of time really looking at uh, cleaning their office or paying the electricity bill or closing the office in the night and managing all the other things, um, furniture and things like that. And that takes a lot of time to manage an office. Apart from that, they were also struggling with um, the basics. So as to say, having a place in your office, having an ecosystem where you could connect to others or maybe people who offer guidance on how to start up, how to make your business plan. You might have a great business plan, but you wouldn't know how to put it together and um, offer it to an investor or showcase it, so as to say. How do you go to the market? How do you become more frugal with, you, with your budgets? How do you bootstrap yourself? Or how do you raise funds? So these are things that, that are dialogues that are conversations to be had they are not things that you know of course we read a lot about them but when there is an ecosystem people share these things and you know that you're not the only one who's moving through it and uh, so we offered that kind of ecosystem we had different startups sitting we had uh, some um, people who had been in corporate for a long time and they were now starting up at a at a later stage in their life, we had very young guys from colleges uh, who were operating and sitting there. So there was a wonderful mix of people who were coming together and uh, we were there to talk to them, to understand their concerns and um, you know guide them through different things. So that's how GNMV started. Uh, of course, then we also offered co-working space to a slightly larger group of people. So team sizes of seven to eight people, we started offering them those kinds of spaces. And then it picked up from there, more people wanted. So we had to expand um, a few floors and we did that. And uh, then we started with a hybrid model as well, which would give fully serviced office spaces. Uh, we are going to be coming up with another building altogether, which would offer these mid-size office spaces and, of course, a little more open layout as well to companies who are looking to have their sort of footing in Bombay without having a full-fledged office or companies who are looking to have one of their branch offices as well. Again, a whole area for startups to come together, have an ecosystem as well. So there is something for everyone who's looking to... Um, you know, looking to have a shared experience again. And uh, it's a part of the shared economy. And if you see that way, um, both Gemini New Media Ventures and Beck Friends have really operate in the space of shared economy. So we are really tapping on to the collective potential of humans and really elevating and building something from there. So that's that's how um, GNMV, Gemini New Media Ventures is going on. Awesome. That's uh, very much needed today because uh, right after the pandemic, there are a lot of startups that were thrown in the haywire, uh, startups that couldn't survive uh, the specific market. And uh, coming back after recovering for like two years, if they have to find a space, it's very much needed. They are part of this network, a community of you know companies, the startups that are in this one space. That's yeah. really cool. So uh, what uh, are some of the things that you learned from a corporate uh, career 
like you worked at Airtel and Hindustan Unilever. And how was that uh, very instrumental in starting up? Right. So, yeah, so I'm, uh, I guess, one of those people who uh, liked my corporate job as much as I like being an entrepreneur. So I have no, I, I don't crave at all about my corporate stint because I got to learn so much. And I think um, I've always been very entrepreneurial when I was in my corporate career as well. And so I would not stick to, you know, the defined role. I would always look at opportunities to catch on to and build on from there. So that was very interesting. But I think the few of the things that really helped me uh, and that I carried from my corporate career, of course, one of them was the significance of um, processes and how significant are they in growth. It's it's fine when you're just starting off, um, when you're a smaller team, when you're just the co-founders. But as your team grows, processes become important, and especially when you're building something that's an interface, um, especially for big friends. And even when Gemini New Media Ventures grew to a certain size, the processes become extremely important. They had to be automated. And that's something that I learned from my corporate career. And though as in my corporate life, I used to always think, why does it need to be so process-oriented? But you realize it's necessary because uh, that's the only way to grow. If you don't have processes in place, things are going to be you know, falling between the cracks, that's how it works. And, you know, it's not possible to document everything on email. Uh, it's important to have a standard process in place. So that's something that I understood uh, and I carried from my corporate life. Another thing that I really um, feel is uh, that I um, found very uh, significant was the importance of teamwork. I think as entrepreneurs, we are very lonely people. We tend to work in silos. We tend to, you know, keep glued on, be glued on to our computers and our systems and just work, work, work. And that makes us, uh, you know, want to single-handedly, and I touched upon this earlier as well, handle everything which is there. The delegation is so important. And that's something, and the value of teamwork to let go of certain things, you learn when you're in a corporate. Because you have your standard role. There are some things that you do and then there are some things others are going to do. And so you reach a common objective. And that's something that, you know, it's so important as entrepreneurs to really learn and build upon. So that's another thing that I uh, learned. And I think one of the most important uh, lessons that I learned was the significance of a culture. And um, we think it's not important when we are a starter because we're such a small team, but it needs to be built early on. There has to be that essence to your brand. There has to be that essence to what you stand for. And you need to provide an environment where people are able to thrive and not just thrive to you know, prove themselves every single time by compromising on their own self. You need to give people the tools to be able to thrive, the ecosystem to be able to thrive, to connect, to be the best version of themselves so that they can nurture their entrepreneurial spirit. Otherwise, we're just going to you know, keep capping that, keep suffocating people, and uh, it will just be challenged. It is challenging anyways to be an entrepreneur, to work in a startup. Least we can do is to offer a culture, which is so important when we see larger companies who have grown to a size from being just a startup at the beginning. Definitely. Uh, you know, there's a uh, lot of nuggets of wisdom. I hope my listeners are taking notes on this. Mm -hmm. It's really, really useful. But uh, 
being a part of the startup ecosystem you would have seen a lot of startups that grow and also fail uh, and yeah. also through your own experiences what mm-hmm. would your advice be for an aspiring entrepreneur So that's interesting, you know. Uh, so many times that we talk to startups, and so many times we meet different kinds of startups, different reasons why people start up and become an entrepreneur. But uh, I think one of the most important things that I always tell, uh, especially kids who are coming out of college or you know just looking to start up because they're so passionate about becoming an entrepreneur, don't aspire to be an entrepreneur. Aspire to nurture your entrepreneurial spirit. You know, um, don't. think that entrepreneurship is easy don't think that it's something that you need to get into because you don't want to do a job that you don't want to answer to someone that you don't want to do a 9 to 5 because trust me you'll be working 24 by 7 when you are in a startup let entrepreneurship be the answer to your why only if it is an answer to your why as to why do you want to do something only then does it really make sense why do you want to build what you want to build you know it has to be more than you know just hating your job hating your boss or long working hours because these reasons are really not good enough to get on the path of entrepreneurship and you know you will understand that when the burnout starts to happen when the so called passion of becoming an entrepreneur starts to fade off and it does it's sad truth but it is a truth in those times your why is going to keep you strong because you will have to be driven by that you'll have to be driven by your perseverance your discipline over and over again to make sure that you're still moving towards you need to be driven by your goal and the goal has to be your why i think that's one of the most important uh, advice or you know two cents that i can give to anybody who's aspiring to be um, an entrepreneur and then another thing would be that always test the waters uh, don't just jump head on into something that you think is a great idea have validation around it um if you are in a job and you're looking to start up maybe it's a good idea that you start it on side first test the waters see who's interested see what's happening see how it's picking up is there a demand for it does it serve your why and if you think and if you find yourself saying no i don't have time for this with my job then it's definitely not your why because if it is you're going to take time out whether it is on the weekends whether it's that extra one hour before you go to bed or it's that extra getting up in the morning one hour before and working on it you will make time and that is going to be a true test that if you can take that time out it is then maybe your why because there's a lot of other parameters around it but yeah before you go full fledged just test the waters you know because then once you leave everything and you jump back to it um you might find that oh i didn't want to do that and at least in the first couple of years still be hireable so see that your resume is still there on the side you know if it doesn't work out if you need to take up a job be open to it don't take your failure as Definitely. a stamp of failure you know so people think that oh i failed and then that's it that's the end of my world it is not it really is not you tried that's what matters but if you failed be hireable get hired again look back at yourself you gained experience you never lose anything you always gain experience you should look at life like that you know and that's that's i think um, my two cents to everyone who's aspiring to be an entrepreneur definitely it's uh, the ability to know your why uh, 
it's like uh, Simon Sinek says, start with why. Be it your uh, mission for your startup or a vision or even uh, your life uh, journey. So very useful uh, advice there. So what do you look for in someone to be a part of your team, be it at uh, Beck and Sarkapurnayog? What are the fundamental characteristics that you look for in someone? Yeah. So, of course, the skill set, that goes without saying. So, there's a job and then there's a skill set which is required, of course. So, you look at that. But uh, most importantly, what I look at is, does the person show a sense of ownership towards uh, what, what the role is? And that's really the base of being an entrepreneur, right? You need to have the sense of ownership. So... That comes out when you talk. How much are they ready to take in? How flexible are they? And when you talk to people, you realize that do they come from a sense of rigidity towards uh, things or do they come from a sense of openness? And that's so important because not only is it great for an organization to have something who take, someone who takes ownership, but it's also very great for the person because uh, then you're never stuck in your job. Even if you are hired by someone else, you're still living the life of an entrepreneur because you're exploratory. And if that matches with the culture that I strongly propagate in all of my ventures, and so does my other co-founders, uh, I think that really fits into the essence of what we are. You know, so the people with spirit of an entrepreneur is something that I always seek. And that is so beautiful to have. And it's not a lot of times I hear um, my fellow co-founders say that, but isn't that scary because, you know, they could just become an entrepreneur. And I always say that people can have your recipe, but they can't have your sauce. It's your sauce that separates your dish from everybody else. So, you know, we come from a place of being very secure about what we're doing. And we feel that, if we are not able to allow people to thrive, then they might want to leave. But if you're giving people ample opportunities to grow in what you're doing and let them enjoy what they're doing, give them you know, the ability to have a sense of ownership, then it's a win-win for both of us. And uh, I think that's something that's very essential to the culture that we propagate. And last but not the least, that's something that I personally find very, very uh, you know, attractive when I'm trying to hire someone is that the person should be multi-talented. And I always want to know what their hobbies are beyond the usual that we write in a resume of, you know, dancing and things like that. I want to, I, I like it when people have hobbies. You know, it shows that you have a side of yourself that you're nurturing, that you're taking care of yourself. You know it's important to have a hobby and you pursue that. Because people, I think, who give time to self-care, and I see having a hobby as that, are people who are who feel good about themselves. And they bring that kind of energy into your organization. They are people who are taking care of yourself. They are understanding somewhere on a deeper level that they are much more than just their job. And I want the employee or people that I work with to have that sense always. So I think, yeah, that, those are the things that I look at. That's nice. It's uh, basically look for a person who has a life outside of work, but also uh, who can see the bigger picture. Essentially, yeah. someone who is ambitious enough to eventually maybe someday start something on their own and also gel along with the vision that you have and are talented in life. That's, so that's really cool. So knowing all this, you have like three different ventures. What are your future goals? What future goals for Shika? 
Well, I personally, and uh, I want to continuously outgrow myself. And when I say outgrow, uh, it would mean that I want to step a little more inward. And I realized uh, over the last few years that the more I'm able to outgrow myself, the more I have to offer to those around us, uh, around me. And uh, I think that that's really is the journey. I, I'm just looking to outgrow myself and be open to change, be open to whatever is coming my way and to see that that um, journey towards myself is reflecting in everything that I do. And I feel more connected with myself. I have more to offer. And um, yeah, that that's really is my goal for myself. And I'm keeping it very simple, nothing too fancy. <laughs> awesome. So, well, I'm very uh, inspired by your sense of uh, humility and humbleness from the places where you're come and you've grown. I hope my listeners were able to learn something from our you know, discussion. So thank you so much, Shika, for being a part of this interview. Uh, I had to learn a lot from you. Uh, I hope thank to you see so you much, uh, once again, have you once again on the podcast. Absolutely, Darshan. Thank you so much for having me. It's always such a pleasure to be able to share whatever I gathered in my journey so far. I hope to be able to continue to do that in the future. And I will be very, very privileged and honored if you call me back again. It's always a pleasure to talk. Thank you so very much. And thank you so much for everyone who's listening. It's. I hope you find something for yourself in this podcast and you can always connect. Thank you.